You don't have to sign something just because they gave it to you. You are entirely within your right as a juicy CEO to go through it line by line and be like, this does not work for me. I don't understand this. Can you explain it? Does this mean X? And if it means that, because I've had this conversation with lawyers as well, where it's like, oh, that's what it means. I'm like, great. If that's what it means, please put that in writing. One of the key things is ownership, especially for women in business. A lot of our assets, or we tend to go into businesses that are not heavy on tangible assets, but have a ton of intellectual property assets. All of your content, Mm, right? All of your videos and everything that you do in association with your business is intellectual property. Your systems and procedures, how you onboard people, the whole client experience, the whole client journey, that's intellectual property. The people don't know how to do that. Let's talk about about it. it. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. I am so excited to welcome our next guest. This is not her first time on the Juicy CEO podcast, but this is our first time really diving deep into what she does. And listen, guys, pay attention. All of you guys need to be listening because we are going to be talking about how to protect your brand. Yes, you build this brand, you build this epic thing, and then you don't take the steps to protect it. What are we even talking about? What are we doing? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Andrea is a Cambridge-educated business lawyer with well over a decade of experience working with business owners at every stage of the entrepreneurial journey. She runs a multi-six-figure business, having doubled her revenue every year since she started. She is passionate about helping women kick through that earning ceiling, and she is often found partnering with organizations and businesses focused on underrepresented entrepreneurs, such as The Total Mom Show, Revolution Her, CEO, Socialite Conference, ACBN, and The Edge at Sheridan College. Today, she runs Henry Business Law and a program called Secure Your Way to Seven Figures. She be speaking my language, y'all, which has been described by clients as part legal strategy, part therapy, part cheerleading, resulting in her clients securing six-figure deals and tripling their revenue. Andrea is also a mom of three and my breast cancer sister. So resilience, pivoting, and working under pressure is no stranger to this powerhouse. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Monique. That was an amazing introduction. We just have to, you just have to come everywhere with me and do that ahead of of all. That's who, right? Like we all need somebody just following us around talking about our awesomeness because we forget, we really forget how awesome we are because we're so damn busy. (laughs) 
got busy. We're like, what? What did I do last week? Last month? Last year? That's the curse of ambition sometimes, right? You're like, sometimes you really have to be like, oh, I did all of that. We're so focused on where we're going and what we haven't achieved yet that you forget all the amazing stuff that you've already done. Great. And especially when we it comes to the things that we create. And I know you and me, we talk about creating things all the time. Like you guys don't even realize it'll be like, like last night it was like 12 o'clock. It was like past midnight. And I was like, we need to go to an Airbnb and ha- brainstorm our next moves. And I'm sending her like Airbnb yeah. things. And she'll be like, one day she'll be like, Monique, I had this amazing idea. Let's just talk it through. And whether or not they're actioned on, it's, it's just great that yeah. I have someone I can message and be like, let's hash out this idea and what we're going to do with it. And we've taken ideas like far, like to the point where we've almost like created other businesses <laughs> and things like that. And what was interesting, the last time we did that, we didn't move forward with it, but it was because like we were trying to do it right legally. Like we were like, what is the business entity? Who gets shares? What does this look like? Like we were really putting our business hat on. And of course you're a lawyer. Yeah, so it makes help. sense you would do that. <laughs> but most entrepreneurs are not even doing that. And they're already running a business. Like we did that at the beginning of something. Yeah realized it was not for us. And there are so many entrepreneurs running their business unprotected. That's it. And realizing a couple of years in that, oh man, this is not for me. Or I've started with these people and I we kind of are business partners, but not really. And now I don't want to be. So what do I do? It's really important. You put your heart and soul and time and energy and money and everything else into this business, you want to make sure you're starting it right. Exactly. And I'm not the one who started mine right. So like, in all fairness, well, actually, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) Okay, because I do really want to like dive deep into like the protecting of your brand. It's like your brand is your business, like we're using them interchangeably today, right? But at what point, because people start businesses every day, and then a year later, they don't exist anymore. So I don't want people to be like going out and incorporating five minutes into the game. Meanwhile, they figure out, oh my God, this isn't for me. Yeah. So like, what advice do you have around like the process, like the beginning for the newbies? That's an amazing question. Cause it's true. As you just said, sometimes we come up with things and we might go a little bit into the process and then realize actually this is not what I thought it was going to be, or this is not as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. I don't think that you need to get everything legal in place from day one. If you're not sure, especially with your brand, in the early days, unless you're working with someone like Bonnie, in the early days, your brand is probably going to change. You may love a name now and not like it six months from now. So I think in the early days when you really are trying things out and you're not sure, then you may want to hold off on some investments. There are a couple of exceptions to that. If you are working with a business partner, I don't care if your business lasts two months, you need to have an agreement in place. The other thing, are you putting money in? Like if you were putting time and energy and money, or if you're dealing with anything that's regulated by like whether it's a provincial or federal government, then you have to take care of those things from day one. So for example, if you were making cosmetics, you can't be like, I'm just going to try this thing out and see if people like it. You have to be compliant with Health Canada from day one. On the other hand, if you're running, for example, a coaching business or consulting, or maybe you're putting an online course, it may be worthwhile having some feelers. The other thing is there are things that you can do to protect yourself that really cost either very little or zero. Ooh, let's talk about this because I know some of them be listening. They'll be like, because everyone is always about like, oh, I can't hire a lawyer. They're so expensive. And then meanwhile, they get into trouble. And who do you think they call? The lawyer. How do you get me out of this yesterday? They're like, how do you get me out of this like right now? That's the thing. You know, I'm sure we all grew up with grandmothers. It said to us, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. 
because cure is a lot more expensive, right? <laughs> cure is always more expensive right. than prevention. So I think one, if you're going to go into business, you have to accept that there are certain costs associated with it. So it's not just marketing. It's not just a website. Your legal and your accountant are just a cost of doing business. You can find a way to do it. Like you don't need to spend 20000 but you need to understand that that's a part of cost of doing business. When you're doing your business plan, you need to be making an allocation for that. And if you can't do that, then you do have to reconsider whether business is for you. If you can only run a business if it's unprotected and you can only run a business if you're worried every time that CRA may call because you don't know what you're doing with your taxes and your finances, then you have to rethink if this is actually a business for you. So that's one. Let's talk about some of the free ways. So your Mm. brand, just by using your brand, just by using your name or your logo or your catchphrase, whatever it is that people see and think of you, that's a trademark. And if you never register it, you have a right at common law. So I don't know if you've seen that little superscript TM and you've also seen the R. I'm a TM. Right. I'm putting that TM all, <laughs> all over, the, over place. the place. Juicy, juicy CEO, juicy brand, juicy on demand. Y'all know Monique is owning juicy in the branding space. If you didn't know, go come back and listen to the episode. Right. So. You've seen the TM, you've seen the R with a circle around it. So like Starbucks is registered. A registered trademark means someone has gone to the trouble of applying to, in Canada, it's the intellectual property office to get a sheet of paper that says you own it. It's unassailable proof. But if you are vigilant, if you are using your brand, you put your TM on it and you are quick (laughs) when you see somebody else using something similar, that gets you half of the way there. So Really, vigilance is the price of a banging brand. We say vigilance is eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. For us, it's the price of protecting your brand and your intellectual property. And you have to be willing to say something if you see someone using it. Even if you have a registered trademark, it still doesn't help you if you don't actually say, hey, you may not know this, but that is actually mine. I'm sure this was a mistake. Hello. But like, can you stop doing it? Like right now. And nine (laughs) out of 10 times people will comply. So few people do it. So few people actually enforce their rights. The number of times that I get clients who go, this person breached the contract. What do I do now? I'm like, well, the contract says it in black and white. They can't do it. So you have to go enforce it. But I just want them to do, you know, what they're supposed to do. I'm like, I'd love my children to behave. Like, I don't know what to tell you. What you want? What What you want? I would love to have married rich. Like there are a lot of things that we would love to have. (laughs) Now we just have to be rich on our own. Damn it. Damn it, independence. I was like, so true to the feminist. <laughs> so I realized how hard work was. It's a story for another day. But you have to be able to enforce it. But if you are making sure that people know that you are asserting your right to it and you are vigilant, that means setting up a Google alert for your name or your catchphrase. That means doing a frequent check of social media to see if other people are using it. And then really the thing with trademark and with your brand is you're a juicy CEO, Right. So you, we know you are all about personal branding and marketing, et cetera. But like someone who comes up with a lemonade stand might call themselves Juicy CEO, but they're not competing with you because no one is buying lemonade and thinking that they're actually buying personal branding consultant. Right. So it's the area that you are providing the services or selling the products in. And if you find, for example, if you found someone was doing personal branding and calling themselves the Juicy but maybe they spelt it cute, right? They have J-U-I-C-E-E. So when you do a search, it won't necessarily come up. 
but you got to be vigilant. You got to check to see all the different ways that people may be trying to steal your shit. Be slick. People be, slick, be slick up in here. Nobody coming out here with the juicy, with the E-E-E-E-E, <laughs> trying to be personal branding, okay? Check my receipts. They go long back. So that, that you can do on your own for zero mm. money. You can also learn to read a contract. So to understand when people are trying to take away your rights. So I have a resource called the anatomy of a contract that anyone who's listening to this can access. And it takes you through the main parts of any contract. And you'll get a checklist for the things that you need to understand before you sign on the dotted line. And listen, if you can figure out reels, if you can figure out TikTok, you can figure out how to read a contract because I can't figure out reels. I've been trying for the past two weeks. And I can't. I cannot get it to do what I want it to do. So I'm telling you. If you can you, do an Instagram reel, you can, you can learn how to read a damn contract to protect your business. Hello. That's it. Got it. It's not, there are some areas, like I'm not going to lie, there are some areas where you absolutely do want to have a lawyer look at it. This is just something you have to do as a CEO. You want to be CEO. You want to be like, this is why they pay you the big bucks. This is why you get the money. You have to learn how to do certain things. And that's one of the things that anyone in business has to understand to read a basic contract and understand what they're giving up. Okay. So let's talk about, we're going to talk about contracts because some people are really scared of money, right? Like they're scared of like math. Yeah. So they don't want to look at things and accountants. It's the same thing with love, things that we don't really understand. I say we, because I don't trust me. Andrea is my lawyer. So I'm like, Andrea, I don't know what this whole paragraph means. Can you please give it yeah. to me in English? And you're always really great with that. But I get contracts from other mm -hmm. brands, other companies who want to do things. And one thing I've discovered, something you taught me is people use the same contracts over and over. Right. They don't, and they've been using them for so long, they don't even know what's in it sometimes. It. So if before you, I didn't read them, I would be like, oh, okay, it's an opportunity. No, no problem. Sign on the dotted line. Everybody gets paid. Now... I am very, very cognizant of looking at very important pieces like who owns the copyright to the thing that I'm creating with you, for you, or partnering yeah. with you? Who owns that intellectual property? And it's so amazing now when I read the contracts, they say the same thing. You can use, they can, they own it. They can alter my image. They can use it in perpetuity. They can do I whatever was like, they want. Before I was like, what the hell is perpetuity? I'm like forever in the entire world. You can do whatever you want ever, with this amen. content. Yeah. Are you crazy? That is the craziest thing I ever heard. And it's in ev almost every contract in partnership contracts that I have yeah. looked at in the last year. So can you point out some of the things that people should be looking for that maybe they're not seeing? Yeah. Perpetuity was the number one for me. I was like, y'all crazy. <laughs> You don't do nothing with Monique stuff in perpetuity because my business could change next year. And I don't want that content out there. I'm managing my brand. And they can change. What if their CEO says something like really messed up and now you don't want your stuff associated with them? Oh my God. It's like scary. Right? Cancel culture Cancel is culture, real. Right? <laughs> so first of all. So what should we be looking for? First of all, yeah. I feel like a proud mama. This is amazing that you are now doing this because I remember our initial conversations where you were like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> you see? I'm so like that. Thank it. you. Yes. Be a proud mama because I am learning and I don't want to do it, but I see it now that I see it. So I was like, no, Andrea was right. What the hell does this thing say? And if it, if I don't understand it, I highlight it and send it back to them and be like, please explain this to me. That's the other thing. You don't have to take contracts for the start of the negotiation, not the end. You don't have to sign something just because they gave it to you. You are entirely within your right. 
as a juicy CEO to go through it line by line and be like, this does not work for me. I don't understand this. Can you explain it? Does this mean X? And if it means that, because I've had this conversation with lawyers as well, where it's like, oh, that's what it means. I'm like, great. If that's what it means, please put that in writing. Thank you. Boom. But one of the key things is ownership, especially for women in business. We, a lot of our assets, or we tend to go into businesses that are not heavy on tangible assets, but have a ton of intellectual property assets. All of your content, mm, right? All of your videos and everything that you do in association with your business is intellectual property. Your systems and procedures, how you onboard people, the whole client experience, the whole client journey, that's intellectual property. The people don't know how to do that. Let's talk, Let's about, talk it. about it. So Let's talk about it for just one second. Okay. Because some people, listen, I believe in sharing of information and all of the things. I had somebody ask me, how do you do a VIP day? Like everything about a VIP, not just like, oh, that looks fun. Yeah. It was very much like, tell me how that operates. And I was like, at first I was a little taken aback and I was like, I want to help you because, you know, we are, we're acquaintances, we're friendly and all that. But at the same time, it took me years to perfect this type of an experience. And there's a hefty price ticket on it. So if I give it to you, I've given away what I took me so long to build. This is the point. And we often under, I'm glad that you caught yourself because we often undervalue it. The thing is, I don't know if anyone out there listening has read The Big Leap. I think this is an amazing book that mm-hmm. everyone in the world. Yes, you put me on that book. You put me <laughs> on that. I finally got yeah. it. I'm audio booking right. it. So in The Big Leap, it's written by Gay Hendricks. And he says there are four zones. There's a zone of incompetence, a zone of competence, a zone of excellence, and a zone of genius. For us to have our ultimate success and happiness, et cetera, we need to be spending as much time as possible in our zone of genius. But here's the catch. The zone of genius is the thing that comes really easily to you. It is the gift that you have. Mm -hmm. And because it comes so easily, we undervalue it because we just assume that everyone else must think that way. It's only when you interact with other people, like surely when you interact with me, you're like, this girl doesn't know anything about makeup or like fashion and is just not interested. I can see in your face. Oh my God. I've done everything to try and bring Andrea to the, to the makeup promise land. I've sent her makeup. We've had photo shoots. She's an amazing client of mine, which I love because she's like, I don't know how to do this. Can you just doll me up and let's go about it? But it's so funny because it's so completely removed from her knowing. Just like when she tries to explain something to me when it has to do with law, I'm like, what are you, what language are you even speaking to me right now? Yeah. Right. That's because that's my gift. And that's because personal branding is your gift. And so the things that come really easily to us. So one, it's a gift, right? And so we don't always value it. And also we forget that we've spent tens of thousands of dollars in coaching and some of us have spent for degrees, right? Like we forget all the things that we need to invest in. So yes, it's easy now, but it's only easy now because we spent 10 years getting to this point. That is so important because we to- women, as when we totally undervalue the 10 years, the 20 years, the degrees, the schooling we paid for, the jobs we yeah, we suffered, <laughs> in the bosses we suffered, yeah. the cut. I'm not done. The cuts and bruises, the getting hit by the car, the late nights, yeah. the red eyes, the travel. The I could yeah. go, I could write a book on on the illness, the sacrifice, the relationships to get to this point. Sorry, this is like dead in my yeah. in my heart right here, Andrea. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, but that's exactly <laughs> it. Right. So 
that was a long way for me to say, you have to value your content. And so when you're looking through contracts, think about that, all that journey. And when someone then says, no, this is ours, we're going to give you a little bit of exposure, but it, now it's ours. And we're going to be able to make money off of this and you can't, we can change it. And we, I had a client who took photos for someone and just signed the waiver. And then a couple of years later, their face was like, on all kinds of websites. And it actually caused her to lose another opportunity because the first thing was a competitor of the other. That is such a perfect example. So you really have to be very careful in ownership. And you may want to negotiate and say, hey, I own it. You can use it for these purposes. I'm happy for you to use it for these purposes, but I own it. Allow me to interrupt this regularly scheduled juicy podcast episode because I've got something amazing coming up that I know you are going to want to know about. What if I told you that your brand is more than your logo, your perfect Instagram feed, or having a pretty website? Did you know that your ability to make real money in your business is directly connected to your ability to build a juicy personal brand? I know everyone's talking about build a brand, build a brand, build a brand. It's annoying and frankly, a little bit exhausting. However... That is exactly why I am doing a free masterclass called From Brand to Bank, showing you how to shorten that runway to that dream bank account. Yes, I'm going to be showing you three simple strategies that you can implement right there inside of the class. So if you're tired of seeing other people get chosen for the opportunities that you know were meant for you, then I want to see you in this masterclass. Go to bit.ly forward slash brand to bank. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-R-A-N-D-T-O-B-A-N-K. And I'll see you in there. The other thing to be looking at is what rights are you giving up? So if you are working with someone, are you giving up the right to work with someone who's a competitor? So if you are providing consulting services in any field and part of the contract is because you're consulting with me, I don't want you to work with any other lawyers. Hmm. If lawyers are 80% of your clientele, that's a problem. You need to know that before you sign the contracts. Are you giving that up? Are you giving up the right to sue? If you are working with someone, whether it's you providing the services or vice versa, and they're like, it doesn't matter regardless of what happens, you can't sue me. You really have to think through that. It says that in almost every contract, right? It doesn't say it like that, but I've been reading them lately and I was like, and listen, I have it in my contract. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not oh, throwing no I'm shade to nobody. You can't sue me if this me. don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, you can't sue me if you don't like what happened. I'm going to do my best, yeah. but if you acting janky, that ain't got nothing to do with me. So that's why it's in yeah. there. So everyone has that in there. Just think about it and understand and think about the scenarios. And I've gone back with contracts where I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to waive my right to sue for this, but not if you are negligent, right? Like not if you just don't provide the thing that you were supposed to provide. Ooh, I got to add that. Wait, I have contracts. You've made my contracts. Never mind. Everyone else. (laughs) And sometimes we're on on either (laughs) side of the coin, right? And there's nothing wrong with trying to get the best possible deal for yourself regardless of which side of the table you're sitting on. You want to think about who is getting access to your secret sauce. So that works if you're working with like Mm. brands or sponsorship partners. 
think about like being really detailed. A lot of people go into sponsorship agreements and it's like, I'm so excited. Someone is willing to give me some money to do this. Great. Which is true. And I understand, especially when you're starting out, like a lot of the times I've had clients who've said to me, look, I understand it's risky. This could change my whole business. So I'm willing to take the risk. I understand that entirely. There are times I've done that as well. Where I'm like, I understand there's a risk, but the reward is so great that I'm, I'm willing to take the risk. But as you start to grow, what you realize with sponsorship partners is sometimes they'll push. You may agree to partner with them for a particular event. And then they go, would you do like a webinar for this event? Or would you do a live? Can we feature you on our website? Now, all of a sudden, say they feature in your website. Who's going to the website? Now you're driving traffic to their site. Did they pay for that? Or did they pay for the sponsorship? See, I call that hijack. They're hijacking the scope of work. Yes. That's what's happening right there. And it's easier to happen when you don't have a really clear contract. When you have a contract like this is the scope of work, these are the three things that we agreed to and you're going to pay me 20,000 for these three things, wonderful. If you ask me something that's not on those three things, I would be thrilled. Let's discuss a new contract. The new contract. I love that. And I feel like it also shows people you're working with that you're a professional, like this is a business and you take it seriously. When you're willy nilly about it, it allows them to be willy nilly about it. And usually the person with the most power is the one that gets away or gets the most advantage from being willy nilly. And it's not the business owner. That's the thing. It's the big company. company. The other thing is people that you're working with, none of us are trying to work 20 hours a day. And so if you're going to scale, you have to have some type of team, whether it's a permanent team or it's a team that's brought on when you're doing events or launches, you're going to have a team. That team gets access to your secret sauce. It gets access to your client contacts, all of the things. I'm like so scared right now. I'm sitting here thinking about my contract. (laughs) but I know they're in place, but you're just even saying it because that's a big fear of like a lot of my clients are like really afraid. Like their biggest barrier to scaling is being able to delegate. They don't want to get let people have access to the thing they just spent money and blood, sweat and tears on. No, and I get that. There are some practical things you can do around that. The thing that is really the secret sauce, you may want to keep that part and you may want to delegate things that are not quite so special. But there comes a point that you probably are going to have to give a little bit of the secret sauce up to get the help that you need. And in that case, having really clear agreements that set out, hey, you're going to be getting access to this information. You can't use it to compete against me. You can't go work with someone else and use that information. And you can't try to get my clients to work with you because that's another issue. If you hire someone, especially if you hire someone who's doing like a replacement of you or someone who does part of what your agency or your business does, you may charge $200 because, you know, you have this whole agency and you have more experience, et cetera. The subcontractor may want to go to your clients and say, she's charging you 200, but I could do it for a hundred. A lot of people lose clients that way. So you want to make sure that you're really clear and that they understand that that's what they've signed. Now, I am not going to blow smoke up anyone's ass and say that the fact that you have a contract means that a hundred percent of the time people are going to do what the contract says, because some people are just going to be jerks. People be shady. But people also be into self-preservation. And if they know (laughs) that they have signed something that really clearly states that they're not allowed to do it. Most people will think twice because they know that if you find out, they will have no defense. Because I'm about to screenshot that and put that all over the gram. That's why. (laughs) Sorry. Just saying. Yeah. Like worst case. Yeah. I love. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm like all of my feelings. I'm like, (laughs) 
I have a great team, so I don't have to worry about these things. But I'm also like very cognizant of the different people I've worked with over time. And already, as you're saying it, I'm like, wait, did I have this last person signed an NDA? I was like, it might be in there, but it might not be. I can't be sure. I need to go back and check yeah. now after this podcast. Go check. And also get people to sign it. Do you know how many times people will come to me and say, well, I sent them the contract, but they never signed it. They didn't sign it. And then you still work with them. Oh my God. That honestly, I can't even lie. That was me my first year. I went back. I got, when I got assistant, when I got Dubsado and I got to look at, it says you have 15 unsigned contracts. I was like, but the contract's been over for months. And now I have it in my workflow that an email goes out. And if it's not signed, Monique, don't start nothing. Monique, don't do nothing. Because what that actually tells me is they didn't read it. That's it. So if we have a problem, the onus isn't on them. It's on me as the person delivering the good. They didn't read it and I didn't make them read it. And now if if there's any kind of miscommunication, it's my business on the line. That's how I look at it. Yes, we want people to read. Yes, we want people to do the right thing. At the end of the day, it's our business. So it's our responsibility to make sure that people that we're doing business with know the boundaries within which we're doing this, right? Mm, Like even something as simple as like you and I both have autoresponders, which are like, this is when you can expect to hear from us, (laughs) right? If you are this, it's in this time. Never. (laughs) For some people, yeah, that's the option. (laughs) You know, your your times of work, don't expect to send an email on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. and that I'm going to be on the phone with you or respond within the hour. But as long as you are clear and you're making sure that people read that and agree to it, then one, you're much less likely to have a dispute because people have read it and understood. But secondly, if you do have a dispute, you're like, I don't know what to tell you. The terms are there in black and white. You've agreed to it. And if you don't like it, there's definitely other people out there that can help you. And I want to I want to talk about that for a minute because we can be on here. Obviously, Andrea and I are at a certain point in our business where we can negotiate things and feel confident in that because we know our worth. We know what we bring to the table. Yeah. It wasn't always the case. You know, negotiations take something right? Like it takes a certain confidence. You need to be in a certain place. I don't know. Some people may wake up that way, but I know it took time for me to be be able to push back on things. And something recently happened where I reached out to you because I was really like, what am I like? I feel there's a ways I'm feeling here. So a really big company had reached out and they were like, Hey, can you do a workshop? We're having this really, we're having this really big conference. I'm not going to say who Mm -hmm. it is because it doesn't, I don't Mm -hmm. put people on last because of cancel culture. That's that's why I'm very careful of that. (laughs) Right. And they didn't do anything, quote unquote, wrong, right? It was just a matter of it didn't fit for me and my values and where mm-hmm. I was at that moment in business. But basically, they were like, can you do all these things for us in exchange for exposure? We have 4 million people who watch us and all of that. Now, 4 million sounds amazing. If this was a year ago, I probably would have jumped on it, even if it was a different time in my business. But the amount of work that was required, one, two, I was like, you guys want me to do this for free for exposure. Meanwhile, you got money. You have, this is not a small coaching business or your guest coaching or any of that stuff. You have the feed. You've got the income to compensate your creators and you're not willing to do that. That did not sit well with me. And I went and sent you a text. And they didn't want to give up ownership. 
Like I would have been willing. So we've all heard it with, with Beyonce right. and her Coachella thing where she's like, nope, don't pay me. I want the rights to it. And then made like all of the money. Mm-hmm. So that's what she did. She didn't get paid for her Coachella. I didn't know that. About Miss, Miss God, I am so, so bad. So she didn't get paid for her Coachella experience. What she said to them was, I want to own, the, I want to control the recording and I want to own the video rights to it. And they're like, sure, wonderful. And then she took it and went to Netflix. And that's how we got it on that's Netflix. That's how we got Homecoming. And she's made all kinds oh of- Oh my God. If someone is saying, look, I'm not going to pay you, but you can use it in this other way, then we can have a conversation. But like, if I'm not going to pay you and I'm going to own it and I'm not going to be credited, like, why are we doing this? The other thing is just what you were saying. I know it's difficult at the beginning of your career or the beginning of your business. And I've become a lot better at enforcing boundaries. But even in the beginning, and to be honest, I actually credit that to the speed at which it's grown. I was really clear that I wanted to serve women entrepreneurs. Did I get offers? Did other people come and say, well, could you do this for me? And there were times that it was lucrative, right? Like to do something else. And I was like, no, these are the people that I want to serve. This is the type of work I want to do. And I really felt strongly that if I allowed myself to do all kinds of other things, it would dilute my progress in the thing that I was trying to achieve. Because when you say Mm -hmm. yes to stuff that isn't great for you, what it does is take up time. And now the thing that you want to come in has no space in your business to come in. Exactly. Like whatever you're saying yes to, you're saying no to something else. But it really bothered me that they were not even, and it's not like we went back and forth a lot of times. Like we went back and forth enough times that were decent where I was just like, are you paying any of your speakers? And they were like, no. And I was like, something didn't feel Mm -hmm. right. And the other thing too is I was just like, why are you paying your black creators? I think everyone needs to get paid, but what is it? that yes, everyone needs more exposure. I obviously don't have 4 million followers, but I was also like, you're trying to give me exposure, but you obviously I'm exposed enough that your PR company That's found it. me. So how much more? So well, have you seen that? What my shit ain't worth have nothing? Have you seen that thing on TikTok <laughs> where people are like cooking? Here's all this, like with an empty pot. Here's all this wonderful food that I bought without exposure. <laughs> Here's the nice car that right. I'm driving without exposure. And the thing is, I've had conversations with clients who do keynote you know, speaking, et cetera. And they will say, oh, but the industry doesn't pay up front. And I was like, I can tell you there are white women whose speakers agreements require not just up front, but like a month in advance and have very like pages long. This is the type of recording that has to be done. This is the type of lens. I've seen someone where they had it down to the lens, the type of lighting that had to be there. Like they are very specific and people are saying, yes, we have to learn to ask. They should do it. That's but we have to learn to demand. But you it. have, yeah. yes. I I know, like maybe just in general in this space, like maybe white women are more confident in the this is how things roll, and they're just used to it being a certain way, so they have no problem asking. And then I work with most of my clients are women of color, and that's it's a barrier. It's a well, I should be doing this for free, and I see them running themselves ragged doing things for free. Now, here's the thing: I'm a big advocate. If you're a brand new. You should go do some stuff for free because you have not proven yourself in your space and nobody knows you, but that is self-serving. Like we know why, you know know why you're doing it. But when you, you get to a certain point, I was like, you guys aren't even going to offer an honorarium for taking this content that takes, like you said, years to formulate in a way that is engaging because it's not just, I'm sorry, anyone who's come on Monique's webinars knows Monique is bringing That's the fire. Right. Okay, the this juice. is not just a webinar. This is, <laughs> this is the jazz. 
Okay, so you obviously need dynamic people because people are sitting in front of screens and you want people who are going to create engagement, who are going to stay here, who want to be associated with that kind of juice. So it really bothered me. And I almost said yes because of who they were. And then when I went to Andrea, she was like, Monique, it doesn't sit well with you. Don't do it. And as soon as I took it off my plate, of course, then I saw a whole bunch of people on it that I knew. And I was like, oh, FOMO. But I di- it didn't sit well with yeah. me. I was like, y'all got money. Yeah. That ain't right. Yeah. I was like, that ain't right. <laughs> and you can stand up for yourself. <laughs> and exactly that. When you're starting out, and I have that, I, I have a speaker agreement template. And I say that in bold. If you are new and not starting out, ignore all of this. Because you need to go out mm. and talk. This is not who I'm speaking to. But people who are well-known in your industry, and people are seeking you out, and you're getting like more requests than you can deal with, that's the time to be selective and to really think about how is this benefit in my business? How can I negotiate this to get the best possible deal out of this? And sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's ownership. Sometimes it's information that they're going to provide. For example, and again, this is a legal aspect too. If you are doing a presentation or you're doing a keynote speech webinar and you're doing it on somebody else's platform, this person has a million of your ideal clients. You may not want to charge them, right? Because you're getting to market to these people. But what you might want is their email addresses. And if you're in Canada and you're subject to the anti-spam legislation, then in your contract with that person, you want to make sure that they are promising you that they are going to get permission to share the email addresses with you. That's Mm. a form of payment, right? Because now you have... It is. It's a tough one. That's a tough one to get. All they have to do is put it in the sign-up sheet. And yeah, to check and check, check the little check. box. We may yeah. share this information with the speaker. I love that. See, I already was had in a barrier. I was like, no, Andrea, I can't See? ask. And she's like, no, you yes. can. You can ask. And I was loved, like, as you said that thing about the payment up front, I literally was in this conversation with somebody who wanted me to do content. We're going back and forth. And I finally, I was like, I cannot agree to things until you've sent me a contract with what the parameters are. It was so difficult. And then when it said, we can agree to everything you said in here, except the payment up front. And I said, well, that's a non-negotiable because what, why am I chasing you for payment after I've given you the content? Didn't make no lick of sense to me whatsoever. It didn't make any sense. And to me, what difference does it make? This is an equity issue. So I've had this conversation and I'm not going to say what it is, but in a large boardroom, a very well-known organization where I was like, listen, 90 day payment. I understand that's how you normally work with your vendors. If you are serious about working with women and particularly women of color, then you have to understand that we do not have hundred thousand dollar lines of credit, especially when you're starting out. And so we are not in a position to wait 90 days <laughs> to get paid. If you are really, you know, if you're real about wanting to work with a more diverse group of vendors, then you have to adjust your payment policy. And we've got it. And they said, yes, we got it into the contract. It was a shorter, a shorter payment period. Nice. It like, is an equity what, issue. What it is. I'm just shaking my head. Y'all can't see, but when he's just shaking her head, <laughs> but this, so here's what I'll tell, here's what I'll sum up to say about like negotiations in general. One thing that was really clear that I learned and still rings true today is the person who has all the power is the one who's willing to walk away. That's it. That's it. Whatever the the opportunity is, I always say, Monique, if you go back 
and they say no, are you willing to walk away from this? And if the answer is yes, then I will go back and be like, listen, this is what it is. And sometimes you got to walk away, but you'll never have to worry about compromising your integrity to make it happen. You'll always feel good about it and more opportunities will come. Even if you decide to take it, say you say this is a great opportunity, so I'm going to do it anyway. You don't really ever lose anything by asking. I always say that to myself. All they can say is no. no. Yeah. That's whatever. That's my mom. That's what I was raised (laughs) on. Me too. My mom's like, all they can say is no. And you'll be in no worse situation than you're in now, right? Never tell yourself And you don't ask. Mom's like, you don't ask, you don't get. That's what mom used to say. That's what my mom used to tell me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, we cover old school. Old school. That's what I always say. Like, you will be in no worse situation, but you could be in a dramatically better one if they say yes. Damn skippity dippity do. So let's talk about this amazing tool that you have that I got to see while it was being created. I have it in my business. I recommend it to all of my clients. Yes, for all of you people listening in the US, this does not apply. I'm sorry. You cannot, this is not legally sound in your, your country. You this have, is for Canadians you only. Guys have all kinds of things. They have a lot of, <laughs> they have all kinds of like places they can go yeah. to get contract templates, yeah. but yours are quite unique. So talk to people about what, what is the secure startup? Yeah. Cause this is the bee's knees right here. The secure startup are done for you customizable templates specifically for Canadian entrepreneurs. And they were born out of frustration, really. So I would have clients who came with templates that they bought from the US. And so like their templates referred to the law of the state of New York and like privacy stuff in California. And I'm like, this is not applicable here. And they're like, well, there wasn't anything available here. There was nothing that made it. Oh my it- God, I did the same thing and somebody called me out on it. <laughs> Website on my privacy policy, they're like, um, Monique, since when are you the state of Rhode Island? I'm like, what? Don't you worry about that. I was like, Andrea, you're like, what's wrong with you? Goodness. Yeah, you're not alone. And then I think the final straw was when someone had bought a collection of things for like a thousand dollars. And I was like, but you know that you're not in the US. And she goes, I know, but there wasn't anything in Canada. And so for a long time, mm. I had been very anti-template because I was like, no, they're too generic. They don't fit your individual business. And so after a few years of complaining and realizing that like people were buying them anyway, I was like, okay, let me try to build something that fits what I think is important. And two of the key things are one, the secure startup bundles are industry specific. Because if you are running a coaching mm. business, that is very different from someone who runs a salon, is different from someone who has a Shopify store where they're making things and selling products. Those are very different businesses. And the contract that you can get online for $2.99 is just one contract. It doesn't, doesn't care what your business is. And so it was really important to me to have industry specific templates that come with guides that tell you exactly what it is you need in your industry, when to use the contract, how to customize it to fit your own business, and also how to make sure it will stand up in court. It's the ultimate thing. If it was tested, how Mm. do I make sure that I'm going to be able to rely on it? I want to give a little story about how generic contracts are not a good look. I have this client who is an author. Our co-author, so these chicken soup, the, the co-authored post, like chicken soup for the soul. She was working with a publishing company. The publishing company had promised all kinds of things that they were going to do for this book and wasn't doing any of them. And was instead, the person who was leading the company was on Instagram flossing and not doing any of the things <laughs> that had been promised. So the co-authors were like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I don't want to work with this publishing company anymore. And they banded together to do their own book. The publisher went, no, 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 no. I have a contractual agreement with you and it stops you from soliciting people in my company. So these are other people in my company. You can't do it. So they came to me. I read the contract, which was from Legal Depot. It's Law Depot because I remember it was at the bottom still. The contract said, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to name it because. Yeah. So the contract said, you can't solicit employees to come work with you. Now, if you're a business that works with employees, that phrase, that, that provision is wonderful and makes perfect sense for you. She didn't have any employees. Everyone was an independent contractor. And there was nothing in her contract that said that independent contractors couldn't solicit other independent contractors. Boom. She lost, she lost half her business because they all just left and did their oh, own gosh. thing. For the sake God, of no. a, But you were flossing, you were flossing. Right? <laughs> Spend a little bit of the money you were spending on the bags on some better contracts. So it's really important that you have something that fits your business. And so the secure startup is drafted with that in mind. One, it's industry specific. And then all along the margin for all of the contracts, they are things to make you think and examples of clauses where you can decide, okay, my business uses this and not this. So I'm going to use clause A instead of clause B so that you can get it. The, the ideal thing is still to work with a lawyer. But if you're not at that point in your business as, as yet, you can get something that reflects your business as opposed to the thing that you copy online. I love it. And I have it. And that's how I built the contracts, my independent contract, mm-hmm. my NDAs, like media release, like so many things. So what are what are the what are the industries for all the different bundles? For the beauty industry. So anyone who works salons, spas, aesthetics, anyone that makes us look gorgeous, there's a bundle for them. Coaching and consultant is one of our most popular bundles. So there's a bundle for that. Mm-hmm. For online entrepreneurs, so if you are selling something online, there is a bundle for you. We are about to release a bundle for online course creators because we know, especially during the Ooh. pandemic, that has been a huge, huge area of, of increase. And then because naturopaths are near and dear to my heart, they really helped me through my naturopath. Mm-hmm really helped me through when I was going through treatment so I could still drink wine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so a naturopaths and and other alternative healthcare professionals have been, have, I think, been really instrumental in me coming back to health. And they have a lot of regulations and no one was really dealing with that. So we have a bundle specifically for naturopaths and other alternative healthcare providers. Amazing. So if anybody wants to get that bundle, I want them to go to the secure startup, just like how it's spelled, .ca forward slash juicy. We are giving everybody 10% off until June 15th. 15th, if you want this. And again, this is for Canadians only. So use the promo code JUICYCEO10 to get that discount on this amazing bundle and start getting your DIAM business in order (laughs) because it will save you. Honestly, reading contracts, creating new contracts, sending them out every time you have somebody new is a lot of work. Not having the right systems in place can make or break your business. Like having the right systems is what had Andrea take two months off of her business. That's right. And still double it. You know, which is... (laughs) Right. And still double your income. That's madness. Madness. (laughs) Systems and team and exploitation of intellectual Mm -hmm. property. But you have to own your intellectual property to be able to make revenue from it. So if you're signing contracts Mm -hmm. willy nilly that allow people to own all of your shit for free, what do you have left to sell? Boom. The end. What do you have? (laughs) Nothing. That's what you have. Andrea, I just could talk to you all day, every day, (laughs) which I kind of do. (laughs) But we do talk, not all day because we busy, but 
we do talk quite like almost every other day. I'm like, Andrea, this is happening. Andrea, this is happening. And she's like, Monique, leave me alone. You know, so that's <laughs> no, she is very gracious with all of my bothering her. But I just feel like sometimes she's working so hard. She needs some relief. So Monique will randomly send her and call her to just to talk about foolishness. And then I go, would you like me to chat or would you like me to work so that I can pay you for, for your next VIP? Day? Oh, yeah, there's that. I was like, no, you should probably go back to work, Andrea. We can't just be sitting on the phone chit-chatting, for God's sakes. But I want you to know how much I appreciate you, how much I care about you. We are on our way to our seven figures. No one's going to stop us because we are fucking powerhouse truck movers. And I hope people listening really take this in and take on that this is not just like a suggestion around protecting your business, but why spend all the time, blood, sweat, tears, more tears, headaches, Instagram posting, email marketing, paying for coaching, doing all of this to build your business, sacrifice time away from your family to then have it go under because you didn't take the time to protect it. This is what I want people to get. Church. Don't, don't make that mistake. Don't do that. Yeah. Cause it's very fragile. One swift sue and you out. One bad contractor take your clients. You gone. gone. Just because you didn't take, you didn't want to invest in your business. If you are not willing to invest in your business, don't be in business. I'm going to leave it right there. Oh, snap. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at MoniquePrian underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.